Welcome back to Two Cops and a Donut. This is the two-hour Halloween special. I'm your host, Dirk Mason, and with me always is Teddy, the slasher, Maxwell. This is a two-part episode where we review the 1978 Halloween and the 2018 sequel. Stick with us for episode number 10 of Halloween. And now, the Donut of the Week. Mmm, donuts. Dirk, you know damn well we're not eating donuts this week. <laughs> what do you got there? <laughs> well, I'm finishing like my fourth bowl of Count Chocula. <laughs> the halloween dish halloween dish Reason we're not eating donuts this week, because we're filming, excuse me, filming, we're recording the second part of the podcast next week where we'll have voodoo donuts. This week, I'm just del- del- uh, enjoying fucking delicious... <laughs> delicious bowl of count chocula here because it's halloween and i saw it at walmart on sale and i had the uh fruited loop the spooky fruit loop cereal spooky fruit loop cereal which is orange and purple fruit loops with marshmallows and you could say by our intro we are discussing the 1978 film halloween which i know you're fond of all time all time favorite movies right there well i'll put it in the category of all time favorite horror movies yeah so we're doing this episode differently. We are going to skip personnel files, and we are going to go right into the film. Yeah, we're, uh, we're going to go right into the film. We're going to go over the first... Well, basically, it's two parts. So we're going to do the 1978 thriller, horror, slasher movie. John Carpenter. Yeah, Halloween. And um, we're doing that this week. And then tonight, actually, is a very special night for Dirk and I, because we got tickets to go see the 2018 Halloween movie, Written by Danny McBride. All right, so let me get this straight. So I'm going to pay for a blowjob, and I got to pay for a goddamn hotel room, too? Well, that just seems like I'm spending too much money for nothing. I got a house. You can just get your ass over here, and I can just do the blowjob here. Which is going to be the sequel to this movie over 40 years later. Can you believe that? That's awesome. Isn't that really cool? Yeah, it's kind of weird to think about, like, because all the other ones in between were so shitty. <laughs> yeah, the second one was good, but you're right. Like, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 were all absolute dog shit. Yeah. In other uh, not good news, the roof of my mouth is now cut to shit. <laughs> I always heard the rumor that Captain Crunch was the only cereal that would fuck up the roof of your mouth, but it just feels like I ate a handful of tacks. Bring, bring that box close. I want to see... Uh... What is the calorie count in one of those compared to one of the donuts that we eat? So the calorie count for a one th- son of a mother. That's we have someone knocking on the door. That is going to be the infamous Talbot McKinney. Yeah. Stand on. by for that. The one, the only Talbot McKinney. Talbot's sitting to my right here. He's eating a bowl of Count Chocula, <laughs> and he's doubling it. What are you pairing that with? Uh, An IPA. It's going to be a Voodoo Ranger uh, IPA. Goes huh. really well with the Count Chocula. <laughs> yeah, he established all the food groups right there. Yep. I like it. So we've been trying to get Talbot on the podcast for a while. I think you were supposed to be in episode four or five, and it just never happened. The yeah. end of watch. I really appreciate the name Talbert. Uh, <laughs> you guys really did me a solid there. Not uh, only is his name not Talbert, it's <laughs> Talbot. But <laughs> whatever. We have to keep a level of anonymity with this uh, this podcast. Yeah. Hmm. It well, works. anyways, thanks for having me, guys. Um, sure. Glad to be a part of your shenanigans. So, as I was getting to this before, we were very fortunate. It's Thursday, October 18th, 
and we got tickets to the 945 showing of Halloween. Halloween doesn't open until October 19th, as a matter of fact, mm. but it sounds like uh, Dirk knows some peeps and got us into a special showing really? of the 2018 Halloween special. What do you know? So <laughs> I wasn't aware. Super excited. So I call up Talbot, and I'm like, yo, Talbot, you want to come to this movie? Talbot fucking <laughs> never wants to come to movies or do anything with me, and I was very surprised when he said, sure. It's because I live out in the boonies, you know? He does. Hey, Dirk decides to move an hour from his uh, one and only friend when he moves here. B, Talbot's got a family to look after, and it's a little harder to, uh, you know, meet up with these college boys. Yeah, a maturity level's that of, I don't even know if it's college level. Fuck, I just it's ate four bowls of Count Chocula. Yeah. But hey, I took the rest of the day off to maximize time with the boys today, and get to be a part of the podcast so. yeah and yeah. evidently talbot's seen halloween the 1978 halloween oh, yeah. uh, movie a number of times talbot uh, let me tell you a little something about talbot his grandfather used to call him the video file because as a kid he was obsessed with movies and you know he used to watch the v- old vhs's like 30 times in a row when he'd come and visit his grandparents so interesting oh, yes. i wouldn't see you as the movie type i see oh. you with the same head on a little body <laughs> with overalls running around going, My name's Talbot. I do stuff. I'm Michael Myers. I'm going to stab you. Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> I just never saw him as the sitting around watching movies. Talbot. Oh, yeah. Well, he definitely stooped to our level with eating some Count Chocolate and downing it with an IPA. <laughs> well, he took a handful of dry Count Chocolate and he, I just hear, <laughs> and he's like, Hmm. He's like, Get me a bowl and some milk. Well, I figured, why not? I'm going to be drinking beers and, you know. Crushing some cereal. Throw it all out the window today (laughs) with some, you know, Count Chocula. Well, prior to filling my belly full of sugary cereal, Dirk and I had two large cups of coffee. Yes. Dirk, tell us about it. We had the uh, bourbon barrel-aged Bones coffee, and I ground it up seconds before we drank it. Yeah, you got whole bean this time. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what they the lovely people at Bones Coffee sent me. It was awesome. Yeah, they they, they highly suggest the whole bean because they say when you grind it, it just brings out the freshness. It's really too bad I missed that because Talbot's a huge coffee fan. Well, we'll give you some because it like like I was telling him the flavor that it brought out was uh mm. you, like you could literally taste the the barrel like the uh, bourbon barrel. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, it had a, a hint of the the good part that you get of tasting whiskey or bourbon. Right. That doesn't make you want to fucking just like <laughs> regurgitate. And, yeah. You know, yeah, cringe and revulsion. It has the good part of that, that taste to it. And it's re- I was like, I was not for that, but it was really good. Not, not only am I a huge uh, coffee fan, but more so, I might be more, more of a caffeine fan in general, as you guys know. <laughs> yeah. So we did the math once, and it turns out Talbot, at one point, was ingesting somewhere between twelve to 1,500 milligrams of caffeine daily. <laughs> We did the math at work once. It went somewhere between. Oh, give, give us give, give us your old daily sketch in well, terms of okay. caffeine. Okay, let's let's think about this. So, uh, you know, on a graveyard shift, I'd wake up, I'd have my sometimes a cup of coffee, uh, and then sometimes either or or I would have both. I'd go right into my pre-workout after a cup of coffee. <laughs> uh, pre-workout, you know, containing somewhere around three hundred milligrams, I think, per serving. Yeah. Um, that was if I was taking one serving. <laughs> and then, uh, then I'd come home, you know, eat dinner, head out to work. And usually 
have a bang on yeah, the way to work? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I would have a bang. I think, yeah, I'm, when I'm thinking back, my God. Yeah. Now, bang, bang. bang is a carbonated uh, caffeine slash supplemental drink that's basically like a pre-workout, but it also has creatine and branched-chain amino acids. And, and again, 300 mg's. 300 milligrams of caffeine. <laughs> so add that to the tally. Right. Which, you know, let me let me preface this with, I've asked a, you know, a, a nutrition expert at, uh, at GNC before, you know, <laughs> someone who works at GNC is a nutrition expert. Right. May I help you? Uh, yes, yes. I'm uh, Dr. Van Ostrom from the clinic. I'm, uh... I see. And what clinic is that again? Oh, that's correct. Excuse me? Uh, from the Hoffer-Mandorf Mayo Clinic in Belgium. Oh, really? The Netherlands? Uh, I've asked him how much is too much, and you know, a thousand milligrams in a sitting is, is too much, I've heard. In so, a sitting? In one sitting. So I figured I was safe. And so, so after the bang? I'd have a bang, and I'd sit through <laughs> briefing with my bang, and then, you know, I'd start to get sleepy at about you know, midnight, <laughs> and then need another uh, rock star, usually the 240 MG rock star. Okay. By the way, I'm keeping a tally yeah. here. We're going to add it up at the end. Continue, And, and then, uh, usually around, you know, three or four... I think I would have another rock star if we were pushing all night. Or a cup um, of coffee just to yeah. make it home. You know, for the, if we weren't going to, you know, die down and, and just ride the shift out. If we decided, hey, let's, uh, you know, pull traffic all night. And, <laughs> and so I decided, let's, yeah, let's have another bang. And then at some point, I do believe I may have had a cup of coffee at breakfast just for the drive home. <laughs> and then uh, then I'd sleep like a baby after an Ambien. <laughs> See, I mean, to like low That's, uh, So basically, we're just getting at how healthy graveyard shift is for you. So yeah. I just did the tally on that. Conservatively, <laughs> we're looking at 1,300 mg's of caffeine in one day in a 24-hour period. Mm-hmm. Now, one time, it was about three years ago, Fourth of July. I was downtown, and I went. I was had a couple couple uh, road sodas. Mm-hmm. I was downtown, and I. Uh, was starting to feel a little sleepy. It was only like 4 p.m. And I was like, I need to party all night. Well, I go into Starbucks and I said, how many shots of espresso can you fit into a venti? And they looked at me like cockeyed. Like, what is the fuck is this guy talking about? And they gave me 10 shots of espresso, 100 milligrams per. Drink the whole thing. Pete's. Yeah. Anyway, you know what? That's right there at that 1,000 milligram mark I was just talking about. Yeah. That's dangerous. Well, one of the good things, and it's good that we have Talbot here, because Bones Coffee actually has a high, highly caffeinated coffee called High Voltage. Mm-hmm. has really, really good artwork on the package, and it is double the caffeine. And that's right up Talbot's alley there. That is. Uh, yeah. Speaking of coffee, I usually, once in a while, when the wife approves it, I'll go ahead and order some caffeinated as fuck by Black Rifle Company because uh-huh. it's there double the caffeine. So that sounds right up my alley. Sounds about uh, comparable. Well, unfortunately for you, Black Rifle Coffee Company doesn't sponsor us. Who does sponsor us is the one and only Bones Coffee Company. Oh, well, yeah. I might have to check that out. What do you think they charge for a bag of... Uh... I like that. I like how it just adds in the, the, the commercial <laughs> aspect. Yeah. Well, if you want to get a one-pound bag, first off, I'd get the sample bags. You get five four-ounce sample bags. Oh. That's... Thirty dollars. Twenty nine ninety nine. Twenty nine ninety nine, and okay. you get you pick your favorite flavors. So the first flavors I got were banana foster, strawberry cheesecake, Jack o' Lantern, which is their pumpkin spice, and what else did I get? Oh, high voltage. Did you get the electric unicorn? And the well? electric unicorn, mm, which yeah. is fruity cereal flavor, just like the Fruit Loops. Yeah, kinda. high voltage is the one that's really sticking out in my mind. Right <laughs> well, now. I uh. have some, and I will let you take some home. Mm. So okay. I would uh, suggest getting the sample pack of the Might four. Might need a cup for the uh, 945 showing tonight. <laughs> yeah. That's a good idea. We're going to have to get 
We're going to have to get his big-ass caffeinated. <laughs> you get the four-ounce sample bags. Get five of them, $30. And then what you do is once you find your best flavor, my favorite flavor of all time is the Bananas Foster, then you order a one-pound bag for nineteen ninety-nine. Huh. And guess what? Special thing that we just got. We got our own coupon code where Talbot can get 10% off. Yes, just for listening to Two Cops and a Donut, the wonderful people at Bones Coffee Company gave us our own coupon code. I got to tell you guys, I'm sold. <laughs> Wow. I'm just going to sell you some snake oil. Snake <laughs> oil. Um, well, that coupon code is Donut10. Uh, my sister does say that I'm uh, every salesman's wet dream, so. <laughs> there you go. Going. And Dirk, uh, if our listeners want to go use that coupon code, where do they need to go? www.bonescoffee.com. Enter in after your order, Donut10, no spaces, all lowercase, uh, get 10% off your total order, and if you're over $50 at the end of, after you enter in the coupon, you get free shipping. Right, and it's funny because Bones specified to us, they say people get fucking livid when they see that they have to pay for shipping, even though the initial total was over 50 Right. Once you have the coupon code, it brings it below. So they wanted us to specify for our listeners here that you have to have over 50 with the coupon code in order to get that free shipping yeah buy the sample pack and buy a big bag and you're golden right there and in related news what are we drinking next week with our voodoo donuts frankenbones that's the halloween special Ooh, that they that came out with enticing. i always like the <laughs> halloween stuff it's a chocolate hazelnut coffee and talbot's gonna have to come back next week because he's going to see the movie with us tonight so he has to come back have to has oh to. well okay there we go so dirk what do we have coming up next let's get into the movie all right here we go i just want to point out real quick before you guys say that that there is a half gallon of milk sitting up here just just hanging out next to the box of cereal there is about a quart of milk and about 12 ounces of count chocolate just swirling around my belly right now it's like a college dorm up here yeah nice Up next, we have the 1978 horror flick, Halloween. Stand by. Halloween night. A small American town. Fifteen years ago. seven trying to keep him locked up because i realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil (laughs) i think he'll come back exploring uncharted territory totally charted Sure, sure. The only reason she babies it is to have a Halloween. Okay, come on out.
So guys, we're talking about the 1978 thriller horror Halloween starring Jamie Lee Curtis and Donald, what's his last name? Pleasance. Pleasance. Yep. Okay, so I'm going to read the synopsis uh, on IMDb. 15 years after murdering his sister on Halloween night, 1963, Michael Myers escapes from the mental hospital and returns to the small town of Haddonfield to kill again. Uh, this got a 7.8. On Rotten Tomatoes or uh, this is IMDb? IMDb. Ready? Yeah, it's about right. I mean, you got to think up until that point in the 60s and 70s, horror movies kind of sucked. George Romero's 1968... Uh, Night of the Living Dead was probably the gold standard at the time, and it was super low budget, and it wasn't that good. <laughs> so this comes along in 1978. You have John Carpenter, who went to USC grad school, got a $300,000 budget from producer Mustafa Aked to For make this movie. this movie? For this movie. So a $300,000 budget, even in 1978, evidently was fucking like Dude, that's a bottom lot. of the barrel. Really? For a feature film? In 78? Still. They said that's like equivalent to like $4 million now. Mm. <laughs> Talbot's in, dumbfounded over here. Talbot's <laughs> sucking down a whiskey and coke, and he's yeah. just along for the red. Moved on. Had to have my dessert after my <laughs> Count Chocula. So, <clears throat> John Carpenter had to get really creative in terms of using his budget. Everyone in the movie, I don't know if you've noticed this, except for Donald. Donald Pleasance, first off, is a very famous British actor. Everyone's Dr. Loomis. Dr. Samuel Loomis, yes. So, right. his role is basically, once Michael Myers kills his sister, Judith Myers... In 1963, he goes to the sanitarium in Smith's Grove. He goes to see Dr. Loomis, and Dr. Loomis says in the movie that he... You know, at first you're like, Dr. Loomis is fucking cold. He's like, this kid's evil, blah, blah, blah. And then you come to find out, Dr. Loomis says... I met him 15 years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left. No reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death of... of Good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. Well, I tried reaching him at first, but then there was like nothing there, and the kid's like the fucking devil. Already, I already have a. Do we? Do we want? What's the difference between a psychopath and a sociopath? In '87, Huey released this for their most accomplished album. I think their undisputed masterpiece is "Hip to Be Square," a song so catchy most people probably don't listen to the lyrics, but they should because it's not just about the pleasures of conformity and the importance of trends. It's also a personal statement about the band itself. Is Michael Myers a psychopath? No, because no, he's a psychopath. He's not a sociopath. He'd be right. different. He's a sociopath. Is well, Talbot McKinney. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like pretend to like everyone, but on the inside, I hate everyone. Yeah, just to loathe, loathe everyone and everything around you. Okay. A psychopath, I think, is just you know, if you're a psychopath, you kill without 
there's no desire, there's no reasoning behind it. I, I don't think there's too many psychopaths out there. And we're probably going to get into that later, or is that... Yeah, we can dive into that a little bit later. we got a lot okay. to talk about. we got your Richard Kuklinski's, we got your George, <laughs> John Wayne Gacy's, we got your Jeffrey Dahmer's, your Ted Bundy's. Well, so. okay, so you're talking about, <laughs> just in the opening scene yeah. of this movie, he's goes up to his sister's room, she's like half naked, yeah. and he starts stabbing her. And he's like, what? Six years old? Six? Yeah. Six. Six-year-old. Yeah. Wow. And you notice they do the cool, they used uh, Steadicam, which was like the first time they ever used it. And that's how they got like, you know, the, the cool visions of like the mask going over the camera and you see through like his point of view. Yeah. And, you know, it's a fucking six-year-old and he's got like a butcher knife the size of <laughs> Talbot's arm here. <laughs> <laughs> Knifes his sister to death and kills her. Right. And he was wearing a clown suit? A little clown suit, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and then he just goes outside. And his yeah. parents find him. They're like, Michael? Yeah. <laughs> They pull the mask off him and he's sitting there. He's just like, he looks like a fucking quirky little bastard. Yeah. Did, uh, did not, didn't Rob Zombie make a newer one recently? Rob Zombie that? made the new one in 2007, and then he made the sequel, Halloween 2, in 2009. Now, the uh, one in 2007 and 2009, I thought they sucked. Uh, yeah. This is uh, where we insert Doug Heffern and hand fart. Yeah, the, do it. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, the problem was, and that's what Danny McBride actually said in one of his interviews he goes i wanted to take the motive out because in the 2007 rob zombie one the dad's abusive or whatever, the dad's right? abusive he's yeah, a little yeah. kid he's a little kind of feminine blonde kid and you kind of see him growing up and it's just like makes it less scary when you know why he's doing the shit yeah. he's doing it's okay. kind of dumb no that makes sense that's a good point yeah. to bring up i think so we have the little michael myers six years old kills his sister in 1963 smash cuts to basically the next scene and it's 1978 which is present day at that time doesn't mm-hmm. that seem so fucking long ago it's like 40 years ago yeah it's a long time so many wrong things about 1978 the way girls wear their jeans <laughs> which is now coming back in a style bell bottoms it's tight and the super high waist not a fan evidently um, that's an interesting point uh, the entire wardrobe <clears throat> purchased on this movie was like a few hundred dollars I guess they bought Jamie Lee Curtis's entire wardrobe at like Sears for like a hundred bucks. The whole thing was like just done super on the cheap. Cutting costs in the right places. Yeah. (laughs) So then you come to present day 1978, you got Jamie Lee Curtis. They kind of do, you know, she's the pretty smart girl that, you know, the boys don't like. She's with her friends at the school. She wants nothing to do with boys though. Well, she shows a little interest in the end. She does. Ben Tramer. Yeah. Yeah. She shows a little interest. (laughs) Then they introduce Samuel Loomis, who's very, very stoic. He's this very, like, cold, calculating psychiatrist. And they're going to go do a prisoner transfer. They're bringing Michael Myers up to a different county so he can go see the judge for his, like, annual, like, you know, his five-year, you know, thing, I guess. And that basically Samuel Loomis is like, no, he's staying in here. We just have to bring him before the judge. Yeah, and didn't he argue that he wanted to have him, like, he didn't want him moved, right? Yeah, he's like, I wouldn't be bringing him up there, but it's the law. I got to do it. Hmm. So at that point, they go up to the gate, and then you see all the... the that part fucking freaks me out. You see all the the, the the mentally handicapped people, or all the fucked up people, basically, <laughs> in their white like sheets. He tried to be PC about it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> They're in white sheets, and they're just like walking around in the rain. Yeah, and they're then, just outside of the gate or whatever. Yeah. So then Michael jumps on the car... Scares the shit out of the nurse, takes the car, and then he takes off. And Loomis knows exactly where he's going. Loomis is like, he's going to Haddonfield. He's going back home. And then it kind of starts the whole thing, like, where now you know that Michael Myers is really fucking dangerous. Yeah, and they don't really get into, like, 
what he talked about with the Loomis guy. I mean, he goes into it a little bit later of how he just notices that he's a freaking nut job and oh, all you he mean wants how, to do is kill. But... How he knows the kid is like soulless and just is a killer. Right. Yeah, they don't dive into that. I think they leave that, what is that called? Um, it's open for interpretation to anybody. What right. You have. Mm. And Which a lot of movies are like that nowadays. I yeah. Feel. And they have like, if you go on like the websites, the Halloween websites, they've got them dedicated. Like people will write these long ad nauseum about like what they think the meaning is of certain things you know mm-hmm. what i mean and it's just like fucking get out of your mom's basement well that's bro. as soon as i finish one of those movies i'm googling what the hell does this mean <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna bring up some interesting production notes about that and then we'll get back into the rest of the movie so three hundred thousand dollar budge really really low right uh john carpenter okay well first off let's start with the mask yeah, I we, just showed Talbot my old Halloween costume from last year, and we the, just posted a picture on Instagram of right. Teddy standing on my front porch handing out candy, scaring the shit out of children. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was bad. Like it, we had a party last year, and I was dressed as Michael Myers, and everyone knew it was me. Everyone's like, "That's Teddy," but it freaked people out because I wouldn't talk. I would just slowly walk around the party, and people were like, "Get away from me!" Yeah, it was creepy. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, let's talk about the mask. Uh, the mask is actually a likeness of William Shatner. Really? Yes. Didn't know that. <laughs> saw the okay. Look, saw the look of shock on my face. Talbot <laughs> just got to the edge of his seat there. So, it is, um, I guess they came out in the 70s with uh, Star Trek masks, and it was flesh-colored with, like, uh, brown hair, and it was William Shatner. So, the budget was so low, they're like, we just need any mask. So, they took it, they spray-painted it white, and they opened the eye holes, and it looks way different but how fucking creepy is that mask did wow. william shatner know this yeah you know i've never heard his response on it and i actually kind of curious to be like hey you basically made me a fucking ghoul <laughs> yeah and he's probably <laughs> wants some freaking money from it too <laughs> yeah <laughs> so the movie halloween needed a scary uh, face so somehow the producer or the director or somebody picked up uh, a mask, a death mask of me. It had been made on Star Trek where they would use the mask for appliances. So instead of using my face, they used the mask to make sure everything fit. So they used my mask on the movie Halloween to terrify everybody. So, yeah, wouldn't you? Hell yeah, if it was my face. (laughs) Like, oh, your change was the eyes and the color of my skin. Give me that kashish. Yeah. And they did a whole bunch of variations throughout the years of the masks. And the original was just the, it was the best. It was the tits. It was awesome. It's fucking dope. What other uh, information you got over there? I don't want to ruin this for everyone. If everyone wants to watch the movie, but this might ruin it a little bit. The 78 one or the new one? 78 one. Nah. Please don't ruin the new one because we're only hours away from... <laughs> I haven't seen the new one so I can't ruin it yet but I will for all my listeners no joking so it's not filmed in Illinois yeah it's in LA right yeah Orange Pasadena Pasadena yeah. southern Pasadena it was filmed during a warm time of year so what the production did was they took leaves normal green leaves and they painted them brown are they, you kidding me they had trash bags so in any scenes you see them they'd go like spread the leaves out and then the cast like again like I said they don't have like a huge production the cast would go run around picking up leaves and putting them back in the trash bag between scenes wouldn't it have been easier to just well maybe more expensive to fly the whole crew to somewhere where there's actually fall changing of leaves yeah or, dude southern illinois has got to be the most podunk town yeah ever. southern illinois like, is like very like cornfield and yeah. like very it, they could have done that but it, that's one wow. when you get the production I, you know the way it works in hollywood i guess is like hey this is your shooting schedule you have to get it done in this amount of time right here's your money and like figure out how to do it and everyone 
they use a bunch of unknowns because everyone in the, the movie is cheap. They could get them for like a few hundred dollars. I'm going to be just looking at every leaf that drops next time I watch. <laughs> You're going to be like, God damn, that poor bastard picking up all those leaves. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, the opening scene, it's like, oh, it goes to black and it says Haddonfield. Yeah. And then the first thing you see is like leaves dropping. And you're. I think about that every time. I'm like, there's probably that. a guy on a ladder just like sprinkling <laughs> leaves down. Uh, another interesting point, Donald Pleasance, who plays Dr. Sam Loomis, who's, he made the franchise, I think he and Michael Myers made the franchise, like, in totally, like, their characters were fucking awesome. Well, I told you, if you can hear on the trailer that we just played, that, uh, what's her name, Jamie Lee Curtis, her part, her whining, I just thought it was so annoying. Her so. caterwallering? Was, was she the original, um, did choice? She, did she, oh, yeah. Or was she... I thought it, maybe I'm thinking of No, else. you're right. I think she was not the original choice. The original choice was someone that had a bigger name, but they couldn't afford her. Hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis said was, this was her first movie, and she was like 19 years old. Oh, yeah. Dr. Samuel Loomis, who I think makes the entire series, is played by the British actor Donald Pleasance. Now, this I think the filming schedule in this was like 20-something days long. So in order to get him, they're like, how can we afford to get this guy? This guy's like, like the perfect dude to play Dr. Samuel Loomis. <clears throat> they paid him 25 grand. Which is like, what, 10% of the budget almost? Yeah. And he filmed for four days. That's it? They filmed all his scenes in the first four days, and yeah, and to shoot around his schedule, and then he fucking skedaddled. What an asshole. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you're a famous actor, you can do that shit. I guess so. Jeez, I wonder what the guys that... 25 grand? And it was a $300,000 budget. So I know that's not a lot, but think about... In 1978. But think about how much of the budget they're spending on one actor. In 1978, $25,000. That's like when we talked about uh, Super Troopers, and they wanted... uh, What's his name? The Captain. Brian Cox, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Talk about that guy. He probably could have Cox. Ate, yeah, he could have ate up Cox that. and Dix. <laughs> <laughs> could have ate up all the budget for that film. Now I'm done with those production points. Back to the action, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we left off. They're up going to get Michael Myers for his little meeting thing, and they find all the people scattered around, right? Yeah. And he jumps on top of the car, the car scares the nurse. Yes. And steals the car, boom, vanishes back to Illinois. You know, it's interesting. You got Lisa. I can actually hear her downstairs watching this very movie right now. Really? I believe so. Well, that's a good idea. That time of year. <laughs> it is. So he steals the station wagon and he takes off. Yes. You know what that scene reminds me of? What? Happy Gilmore. Mr. Mr. Get me out of here. <laughs> I'm telling you, this place is perfect. You're going to make friends in no time. Mr. Get me! He says that all the time. Derek is constantly, Mista, get me out of here. He takes off, he goes back. Loomis follows him to Haddonfield. And along the way, he's calling the police. And he's like, he's coming. Just like every inept cop in every goddamn horror movie. They make us look like dicks in horror movies. Because well, um, it's so easy to find people in most movies. They don't believe us, or they don't believe the police. Don't believe Doctor Loomis. Well, he's kind of a nut job the way he tells the cop. He's well, just like, "Well, believe me." Let's no, believe break that down. Me. What if hypothetically a citizen comes out? Citizen says he's a professor at a mental institute. Comes up to you and says, "Hey, this psychopath who's whatever he says about him, like just a demonic person or whatever, just broke out of a mental institute and I know he's going back to his house to kill his sister. What would you... Talbot makes a great point. No, no, that's that's actually a very cogent 
point right there because if I if a guy came up to me and reported that, I'd be doing like, oh, really? Like, okay. I would say, uh, do you feel like killing yourself, sir? <laughs> do you feel like harming so killing someone else? Let's take this guy to an M1 hold. Yeah, and M1 holds a <laughs> mental health evaluation where you, as a police officer, can basically dictate that they are held for 72 hours for mental health reasons. And uh, I would say probably along those lines, if... I mean, this sounds fucking bananas, and you're right. Like, the way he's going around doing it, he sounds well, like a fucking psycho. He doesn't tell... Wh- who's the, What's the cop's name? So the cop is the sheriff. Or is Sheriff Brackett, and he's played by Charles Cyphers. So Sheriff who's Brackett. Who's also the father of one of the girls, right? Yes, he's okay. the father of yeah. Annie, who's yeah. one of um, Jamie Lee Curtis's... Friends. Um, friends. Best friends, yeah. Yeah, Good so... Point. The sheriff. Take home car, just a gun on his uh, belt, and nothing else. Maybe. No, no reloads, nothing. Does he even have cuffs? <laughs> it didn't look like in his it. Car. I was watching it the other day, just uh, like a <laughs> Danny Glover, four-inch Smith and Wesson, just dangling off his hip. Cross draw. Cross draw. Well, so the point that where you hear the conversation between the sheriff and Doctor Loomis is he's just like, he's coming back here. Trust me. And that's all he says. And he's like, nah, okay, I'll give you another hour. You know what I mean? Like, but here's the thing, too. You got to look at Haddonfield, Illinois, is like any town USA, right? It's supposed to be super quiet. They never had, the only thing they ever had in that town was that the murder when Michael Myers was six years old and killed his sister. And that house was vacant until then. Right. So <laughs> he's like, nothing's ever happened here. Nothing's going to happen here. He doesn't believe him fucking at all. Yeah. Is the house still vacant in the movie? I can't remember. Yes. So yeah. no one. That's where all the kids go, and it's like the spooky. Yeah. You know, yeah. And at the I dare you to go in there. Yeah, okay. At the beginning, Lori. So Jamie Lee Curtis's character, her name is Lori Strode. At the beginning, her dad gives her a set of keys to go put under the door at the Myers house because he works uh, for Strode Realty, and he's trying to sell the Myers house Ooh. because it's been vacant since like the murder. Like no one's lived there. Ten years was yeah. it? Or no, fifteen. Yeah. Well, so he comes back. <laughs> <laughs> Just rolling right along here. Yeah, <laughs> he comes back and he immediately starts stalking Jamie Lee Curtis for whatever reason. Okay, we're not going to get a number two. We're not going to get anything else. Well, he's, she walks by the house, right, and he's in there. Right, that's why he sees her. She's like, "Oh my god." Yeah, but my question is like, why? She's why? hot, man. Yeah, but well, sort of ish. 1978 come on no i i get it but like was that just happened to be the first person he saw and he's like well no okay wait does he want to kill jamie lee curtis yes okay absolutely specifically he wants to kill her and her friends for whatever fucking reason but doesn't okay hold on back to beep 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 no no back it up back it up beep 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 (laughs) track the store beep 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 (laughs) what are you doing yeah, yeah, go ahead. When he steals the car and goes back to Illinois, mm-hmm. Dr. Loomis finds a truck with some guy dead in it, right? Yeah, so it's Phelps Garage, it says on the side of the truck. It looks like a little, like, garage thing. Which is where he acquires the jumpsuit, I'm guessing. Yes, from the dead mechanic. Oh, he kills the mechanic, and he gets the Detective jumpsuit. Detective work. Hell yeah. yeah. And he finds the matches that the... Yeah, what leads it all together is he finds the, the match rabbit, The rabbit in red lounge. Yep. Which I believe Rob Zombie does a... Like an homage to in the, the newer ones, which oh, is pretty cool. He's just like, oh, I, I know this is Michael. He, I'm on his trail. And he's a doctor, you know? He's not a cop. So. Right. right. And he's carrying a right. six-shooter. Oh, yeah. Six-shooter. I think he, he, it's either a thirty-eight or a three fifty-seven. Anyway, he comes back. And I, maybe that's right. You know, I never even thought about that. Because mm-hmm. at the beginning, um, Mr. Strode, Lori's dad gives her the keys, says, puts it, put it under the door. And he's, she's walking with Tommy Doyle to school. Yep. Puts it under, and then you see him kind of appear... And then 
I guess that he fixates on her, and that's like the one he's going for. I think so. Because I never thought about that before. It's actually interesting. I was always wondering why he chose like her and those other teens to go after. I mean, you think about it. He was six years old when he left. He probably didn't even. I mean, maybe he's just <laughs> wants a female, and he's, he's like, the first Whoa! <laughs> first female he saw, and he's just like, damn. <laughs> he sees Laurie Strode. He's like, oh, boner alert. <laughs> like. <laughs> So they have some really cool, like, working on the budget, they have some really cool scenes that, like, for example, she's in class. Obviously, they show that she's the studious one in class. And they're like, you know, tell us the difference between, like, Socrates and fucking Aristotle or something. She comes up with the answer. Right. And she's not even paying attention. She's not even paying attention. She looks out the window and she sees him standing there. And then she's like, oh, Jesus Christ. And she's like, what the hell is that? And then she looks back and he's gone. Is that, do you think that's the original scene horror movie scene where the kids in the classroom they look out the window and there's something terrifying because how many times have you seen that in a, a horror lot. movie now but that would have to be from halloween i know that's what i'm saying it's, yeah, yeah. this is where it all came from right because how many i mean even like i'm thinking like simpsons episodes they're making fun of it and like mm-hmm. you know how many scary movies have you seen where the kids in the classroom and they're they look out the window and there's and then know, it's gone or something some terrifying like thing out. yeah exactly I, I think it's where it came from i think a, uh it's a good point yeah I think a lot came from Halloween. That's yeah, I no, I think so too. No, I think so too. It's even you know we listened to Abominations and Technicolor, which is another podcast by a guy, really talented guy named Rex Overdrive, and he mentions that in his other horror ones that like Halloween is like the gold standard for horror movies. Ooh, I think uh, Talbot's running a little bit dry. Oh, ready for round two here. Yeah. Do, you want, do you want me to chop you off there? Mm, no, we'll, we'll give it a minute. So it's like the Sahara over here. Yeah. A cocktail. <laughs> Like this is about to turn into a fucking just slurring shit show. <laughs> so anyway, he's back in the town. He's back in the town, and he's stalking. He starts stalking them during the day. He's following them around, and uh, has no regard for daylight at all. He's just no. He's, even with the mask on, he's just yeah. cruising around. But I guess it's Halloween, so it wouldn't be that unusual. And then they roll up. They're smoking a doobie. Anna, Annie, and uh, Lori are smoking a doobie, and then she comes. And she's like, "My dad." And they drive up, and then they go to the hardware store, and he's like, "What's?" She's like, "What's going on?" She's like, "Well, someone broke into the hardware store, stole a William Shatner mask." Yeah. <laughs> well, she's like, it's probably kids, and she's like, "You always think it's kids." And, and a couple knives too, right? And some knives, a Halloween mask, and a rope. Mm. Hi, Annie. Lori. Hi, Dad. What happened? What? What happened? Oh, uh, somebody broke into the hardware store. Probably kids. You blame everything on kids. Well, now, all they took was some Halloween mask, a uh, rope, and a couple of knives. Who do you think it was? It's hard growing up with a cynical father. Did the rope even Yeah, it was in? used later. Later. We'll get to oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't want to get ahead of myself here. Uh-uh. Don't give away the spoiler. <laughs> yes. So now you know kind of where he got the mask, where he got the rope. In the knife. So he follows them around, and they're going to do their babysitter gigs. I guess they're doing one house and the other house is across the street. Right. He is just sitting there stalking, like both the babysitters. And it's cool because they call it in the script. They never call him Michael Myers in the script. They yeah, call, they call the him shape. The Shape. Yeah, why? Because I think when they were doing pre-production on it, they were like, we can't show... We don't have the money to do this, like, super... Because you got to... Well, actually, no. Jason, uh, Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street hadn't come out yet. So they knew they couldn't do a lot, like, in terms of, like, makeup and gore and horror, like, you know, effects, special effects. So they were just like, I think, I think their intention was to show mostly just, like, the back of him, like, the shape of him. 
You know, and I, since you mentioned the budget and how much they've spent and everything, th- this movie's not gory. It's not a gory no, film. They only have no three kills on camera. It's Annie, uh, the guy with the glasses, and their other friend. Which there's yeah. something about that that makes it I get more terrifying. Creepy. It's kind of like in Jaws, you don't see the shark until, you know. Later. Right, Much yeah. later in the movie. When you finally see it, you're like, well. I think yeah. they uh, John Carpenter actually used that as like uh, motivation for his film. By the way, right. the fact that you, like it makes it scarier that you don't see him mm-hmm. and you don't see a lot of like killing and gore. You know, I'm going to point out one of my favorite things is the soundtrack. I mean, yeah, I've got a good point on that. So, okay. what, tell well, me, what do, you th- what do you think about the soundtrack? I think it's, I mean, it's awesome. It's just, it's terrifying. I think I, there's something I. I can't remember when it was. Some class I took at some point, but it was like if you mute a scary movie, nothing scary about it. It's the sound that that terrifies you. Where does he get his information from? Yeah, no, that's Is interesting. That what you were going to talk about? Yeah, that's actually. So they filmed the movie. Teddy's gone. Talbot's in. I didn't read. Yeah, no, it's one of the most. I've, I always say that. I said it to my wife the other day, and she didn't even give a shit about it. But uh, <laughs> no, uh, that's I, it's it's something. You know, I've always thought that's crazy because literally, if, I mean, if, if you've ever tried it, I have after I heard that. And mm-hmm. I think it was a music class I took in college, actually. Okay. Because if you mute the sound, right, it's, you know, it really, it's just this picture, but it's, it's sound that terrifies us, I think. Yeah, yeah, and it builds up to the suspenseful parts where you're like, right. oh, shit, he's going to jump out or something's going to happen or something yeah. like that. Thanks to that hauntingly familiar theme echoing from somewhere inside. John Carpenter was just a few years out of USC film school when he composed it to add melodic malevolence to his classic Halloween. It's that sort of repetition and the audience is kind of waiting for something to change. It's putting you on uh, your nerves. Uh, like, what is going on? What, let, let's get this thing changing. Come on now, stop this repeating over and over and over. <laughs> so if you're sitting there with Halloween on in the background in your house and your kid's watching it, you probably wouldn't even be scared, you know? No, that's a okay. So you bring me to my next point. That was going to be the next production point. John Carpenter films this movie, right? (laughs) And they did no music to it to start. They did screenings and showings, and they're like, "This movie is not scary. This movie's boring." Yeah. And then he came up with the the soundtrack we all heard and loved, and that came in, and they were like, "That is the scariest shit I've ever seen." Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's That's yeah, crazy. Something something psychological with the brain that's. Sound is just yeah. Talbot and I did not discuss. That's nah, weird. We're all God, like, I, I, I'm looking at his notepad over there, and I can't even you know obviously <laughs> read it from here, and I haven't even looked at it. So. Well, it's kind of like a it's the re, I, you hear it in the beginning of our podcast, but it, it's almost it reminds me of like a heartbeat, mm-hmm. like but it's an accelerated heartbeat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Ding, 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 ding. I, that's what I got from it. I think that's where he got it, but that's just my own opinion. Yeah, I don't know what that other part I said I liked earlier that we heard was, but that's mm-hmm. that's my favorite part of the soundtrack. I don't know what... Yeah, we'll play it for you right now, actually. Yeah. We'll put it on right now. That's fucking... It's terrifying, right? I think it's fucking terrifying. Yeah. I, like... I don't know how he did it. And I'm sure he did it with, like, a keyboard and, like... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's only a couple of notes. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I actually... So this is odd side note here. I When I moved into a, an apartment in college, this there was a piano in this building. And I was just like... I told my roommate, I was like, we got to bring that shit up to our apartment. Because we lived in this old freaking, like, warehouse. And the ceilings were, like, 20 feet tall or whatever. And I made him drag this fucking 
250, 500 pound piano up to our place, and I tried playing that theme song. That's what I tried learning the <laughs> entire time. when Ben Stiller's carrying the piano on his back? Oh, something about Mary? <laughs> you yeah. nicked my fucking piano, you prick. <laughs> 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 in the wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about uh, that. No, no, no. no. Yeah. We're, we're totally getting off topic. See, I told yeah. you, I like movies. <laughs> yeah. No, the, the, so <laughs> the music, and I agree, the music makes this film. It's... 40 years and they still use it in everyone there's been variations the original's awesome it's terrifying it might be the best thing about the movie i think it is and danny mcbride and what is it what's his name dan green daniel green who directed Mm -hmm. this new one that we're gonna go see in about a couple hours yeah they brought john carpenter back to do the to do the score brought john carpenter back from the dead to do the music. Do, he's 70 <laughs> years old now. I thought he'd be older. He's only 70. Uh, he looks good. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, next, we're going to the guy that played Michael Myers in 1978. His Ooh. name is Nick Castle. He's a stuntman. Hollywood stuntman. Is he actually that tall? Well, how tall was he? Uh, Michael was? Myers looks like he's like 6'5". He's know. tall, yeah. I mean, I think he's like six, over 6 feet tall. Hmm. How tall so, are you, Talbot? 6'4". Yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, the interesting part was after that, they did two, three, four, five, all the way up to fucking I don't know how many. They always had a different Michael Myers for each one. You just get a stuntman, you put a mask on him, they can all play him, right? Right. Yeah. Nick Castle is coming back to play Michael Myers in the 2018 version. Oh, 40 man. years later. It sounds like they did this one right. I'm and excited. No, they did. I mean, that's yeah. fucking dope, right? That's awesome. And he's going to be like 61 years old. That's the only bad part. I watched the trailer to the new one, and... You know, they come out into the, the, the like, it's like a psychiatric hospital. Yeah, yeah, they come so out. I, yeah. And then when they show him from behind, he's got, like, gray hair and a bald spot in his head. And it's just right. ruined it for him. Wait, wait. Before we get into that, let's finish this one. Okay. All right. So, so Michael Myers stalks him to the house, basically. Yes. Sam Loomis is running around with Sheriff Brackett. And he's like, dude, he's here. They went to the old Myers house. They found a dead dog that was still warm. And he says. And that was in his old house. In his old house. And he's like, he got hungry. Yeah, what does that mean? Michael Myers ate a dog. Oh, fucking gross. Yeah, I see. That's that was like a quiet part in the movie where I was just like, I actually had to rewind it and be like, did he say he ate it? Ate a dog. I'm sure he didn't cook it. Yeah, no, he didn't have a little fire in there. So he eats the dog. He's running around with him trying to figure out where because at this point he doesn't know he's stalking Jamie Lee Curtis. He just thinks he's in Haddonfield. Right. Jamie Lee Curtis and Annie are none the wiser. They're just babysitting kids. Well, all the while, Michael Myers is just skulking around the house doing his Michael Myers thing, popping up in different places. And Loomis tells him about how scary this guy is and how big of an issue he could be. And he's like, so you're telling us we have a slaughterhouse lined up here on right. the streets? Like, No, it's awesome. That's I like, nailed it. That is why they brought Donald Pleasanton, because the guy's that fucking good of an actor. Like, he sells that part. Creepy, dude. No, that, that's probably one of the best parts is the end. You know, he just builds it up. Like, yeah. You know. That, like, you no, know, you don't understand. This guy is... Yeah, and no one believes him, yeah. and... He's know, the only... He's the doctor that he's been talking to for 15 years. 15 years, yeah. So he's the only one that understands him. Exactly. I mean, then, he doesn't really understand him, but he knows what he's going to do. Yeah. And then you picture this guy coming up to you and saying, Hey, officer. Yeah. <laughs> officer, this guy. All right, why don't you have a seat in the back hey, of my hey, patrol hey, car hey, here? We'll get, here pal. we'll get you a nice warm meal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, can we have an ambulance here? <laughs> get you a nice warm meal and get you out of the cold, okay? <laughs> yeah, be sure to use those padded straps when you <laughs> sit on the bed. So Michael Myers, uh, his first kill is going to be Annie. She's in the house across the street. He's stalking her first, and that's his first kill. So he kills Annie in the back of the car. 
Yeah, because she's like doing her laundry and she's getting all creeped out and then goes to leave to meet whom? She goes to meet her. She goes to pick up her boyfriend. Her boyfriend, boyfriend. gets grounded or whatever and he calls her and he says, hey, can you come pick me up? Right. She goes to the car, pulls in the handle, door's locked. That's how she remembers I don't have my keys. She runs back inside, grabs her keys. Mm. When she comes back out, she doesn't associate. The she pulls the door open. and the, the door's unlocked. Yeah. Mm. And and uh, she goes in and she swipes the window because there's fog inside. Yeah, she's like, what the fuck? Yeah, Attention like, to detail could have saved Annie's life. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah like, well, be aware. Situational awareness. <laughs> Why is this car all steamy? Yeah, so she does that and then he kills her. First kill for Michael Myers. Ice Which, cold. Oh, I'd have to say her... Uh, her reaction to the death is pretty funny. It's funny, but it's more realistic than most. It's not the typical scream and then I die right away. It was more of like, I mean, they're struggling. She was strangling her to death. And yeah. then he eventually then she goes sl- cross-eyed. cuts her throat. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of <laughs> stupid. <laughs> he cuts her throat. So that's well, that's death number one. That's kill number one for Michael Myers. He killed the mechanic at Phelps the day before, and then he kills Annie Brackett. This is kill number one that's... Caught on camera. Caught on camera. Right. Caught on camera. Okay. Yep. So then we uh, have Jamie Lee Curtis, who's again across the street. She's watching, uh, you know, horror movies with Tommy. They're they're going to carve a jack o' lantern. They're going yeah. steady. They're going yeah. <laughs> um, and little... then the, it's always the two fucking sex crazed friends who play a minuscule part in the movie show up at Annie's house. Yep. <laughs> now they don't know that Annie is dead yet. She's right. still in the car. Or no, she, he brought her inside. Oh, he brings her inside and yeah. Yep. Like the roommate in Terminator One. Yes. <laughs> yeah. See, look at all these movies. Look at all these esoteric all references. I love it. <laughs> so they don't know, and they're just sex crazed. They're driving around in a fucking panel rape van with flames on it. With flames on a it, or whatever. Spoiler. <laughs> and they're drinking, and then they go inside, and they're like, "Where's Annie? Oh, she must have gone to pick up her boyfriend." Yeah. That's like how they come to it. They end up. Well, let's let's do Dorcas, the guy with the glasses. Dorcas. Yeah hypersexualized like every fucking teenager in every horror movie he has sex with his girlfriend i don't even know their fucking names i don't either i didn't pay attention so they have sex and she's like get me a beer so he michael myers is somewhere in the house and a cigarette yeah (laughs) michael myers is somewhere in the house he goes downstairs he's in jeans and he's got his fucking glasses on and michael myers does a surprise kill jumps out picks him up and pins him to the wall with yeah. a huge butcher knife. Oh, yeah. Which has been done in like five other movies since then. But that was maybe the first. I'm guaranteeing that was the yeah. first. Dude, John Carpenter is just like, a lot of people, you know, take his shit. Let's think about what it would take to pin someone to the wall with a butcher knife. Like, like the, well, first off, the amount of force to take a knife and drive it through someone. Right. And he's I mean, using one hand because the other hand's holding the guy up. I personally never stabbed anyone, mm-hmm. um, but you know, holding on to the knife and trying to stab through someone's flesh—not only that, but all the way through them into the wall, right? You the know, without covered. losing grip of the knife. And I mean, you got to be a, just an absolute monster. Yeah, what is that like a twenty-inch blade? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In uh, Michael Myers is what twenty-one at this time. Supposedly. Twenty-one at the time. I guess he's been hitting the gym at Smith's Grove Sanitary. <laughs> He must be, you know, bench pressing like 500 pounds if he's... Doing the curls for the girls. Yeah. I mean, what else does he have to do? Yeah. Just sitting there doing push-ups in his, uh, his room or whatever. So it has a ridiculously sharp knife, too, that he just stole from a hardware store. Apparently yeah, let's think they, about that. They I mean, still butcher knives at a hardware store. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I bought some, like, cookware from there. I mean, oh, really? That's, yeah, that's from an Ace nice German steel, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> German pressed steel. Stainless yeah. steel. 
So he pins him to the wall, and um, <laughs> in order to make a kind of surprise kill on like the girl that's upstairs, he throws the white sheet over and he puts the guy's glasses on top of the sheet. Almost mm-hmm. comical. Like yeah, a joke. it's comical. So yeah, but my, here's my question with that: is is, is he thinking that like in depth? He doesn't seem like he's that, you know, I don't know, maybe he's a lot more intelligent than you let on because he's like he smart enough be, to disguise right? himself as this, you know, well, I'm going to put this guy's glasses on and she'll never know it's me, you know, but... No, you, you got to think, you would think he has probably the functioning intelligence of a child, right? Because right. he's been in a sanitarium his whole life. That's well, why he's, it adds so much more to Michael Myers. If he's under the supervision of Dr. Loomis, is this ultimate badass, you'd think maybe he learned from him. Maybe some reading material. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it could be. They don't. Right. They don't broach any of that shit. No, and it's it's, it's kind of good that they don't because to your own interpretation, like we said. And yeah. Obviously, if he's you know he's done some things that he's obviously above the the level of a child. So. Yeah, and I think he, like you said, is left up to interpretation. That's intentional because you. The more you know about him, the more uh, how he doesn't no longer becomes scary. Right. So he goes into the bedroom, glasses are on the sheet, he looks like a ghost, and she's like, what does she say? I can't remember. She's the most famous, one of the most famous lines in any horror movie. And we'll play it right now, actually. Well, did you get my beer? <laughs> cute, Bob, real cute. See anything you like? <laughs> What's the matter? Can I get your ghost, Bob? <laughs> all right, all right, come on, where's my beer? Can't you answer me? Okay, I'll answer me. I love that line. That line? No, no, no. She says, I love the line. She says, do you like what you see? And she pulls down and you see her. Oh, yeah. Oh, knockers. Yeah, you see her boobies. Tatas. I like what I see more than I like what I heard. (laughs) Uh, So she says that and then she's like, he doesn't respond. So she gets pissy. And kind of weirded out. And then she calls Lori across the street. And this is how it all starts tying together. This is where it like this is almost like the crescendo where it all starts happening and he comes up behind her while she's talking and he strangles her with the the cord. And she Lori thinks that she's just, you know, getting it doggy style in the bed from her boyfriend and they're fucking with her, but then she gets concerned. <laughs> One more outburst from you and I'll strangle you with my microphone wire. <laughs> <laughs> you are the worst wedding singer in the world, buddy. Sir, one more outburst, I will strangle you with my microphone wire. You understand me? <laughs> Sorry. You were the worst wedding singer ever. <laughs> yeah, so then Lori goes to the house to investigate. And this is where shit hits the fan. So she goes over there. She finds the body of her friends. In Lying the bed, on the bed, yeah. On the bed. And then the gravestone that he stole, it says Judith Myers. So is that his mom? That's his sister that oh, he killed. Oh, the sister. Gosh, what? Yeah. yeah, okay. That's the sister that he killed. And then he kind of creates some type of, I don't know, with like... Shrine or death shrine to his sister or something. It's fucking weird. And that makes yeah. me believe in the movie that he had the conscious mind to actually kill his sister, know about it. Right. I mean, he's six years old. Mm-hmm. 
thinking back on the days that, I mean, when I was five or six, I barely remember. A little young. Yeah, guy. dude, your whole goal when you're five or six is candy <laughs> and fucking Tonka trucks. Yeah. <laughs> Sandboxes and. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he's actually had the conscious he's mind to. Six years old. Huh? Know that he killed his sister and. Yeah, obviously he doesn't really give a shit. Like, I think he was proud of it. <laughs> I mean, if you look at that, he's proud. He puts up the gravestone, puts the body there, like, oh, hey, this is. That's his thing, man. He likes killing. And we were we listened to that podcast, uh, the last podcast on the left. Yeah. They were talking about the Zodiac Killer and how he liked to be known. Or he would actually call in and say... Yeah, he'd send letters to the SF Chronicle and the SFPD, mm. and he would he liked taking credit for it. Right, I so I think that's... I never saw that. Is that Jake Gyllenhaal? That's a movie, but it happened. It happened yeah, yeah, in but that, in the 60s. I, yeah, I gotta watch that. I never saw it. Um, but that's like him bringing the gravestone up just to be like, hey, it's... I mean, I would say that's him taking credit for these kills, saying it's Michael Myers. Yeah. I don't know. That's... I, I wonder. That's There we go. We're back to interpretation. I don't yeah. know. I never thought about that. I, that was creepy. always such a small part to me because he starts killing her. Or no, Jamie Lee Curtis walks in and then she's... Autom- like, right away, he's on her. You know? yeah, right. One thing I want to talk about is why on... Well, never mind. No, what? we already know. It's on Halloween night because that's the anniversary of the time he killed. Yeah, okay. yeah. So he killed her Halloween night, 1963, his sister, and then he comes maybe back. That, maybe, you know, that's probably something to do with why he killed her on Halloween night. He's got some kind of influence from Halloween and, you know, why he killed his sister originally on Halloween. I don't know. There's yeah, some... that is kind of interesting, too, because you could say that, I mean, with all the other sequels, he only kills on Halloween. Yeah. I mean, if you throw those in there. Yeah, but then again, you're getting more to motive, and you're getting more to the stuff that makes it not scary. Exactly. Yep. And in the later movies, they fucking tie him to druids and witches and all sorts of and cult shit. It's just it becomes just. And somehow just, Jamie Lee Curtis is. Well, it's exactly what we're trying to do right now. Is what everyone's tried to do with the movie. Yeah, go on any goddamn blog, and you'll see. Yeah. Well, I think Michael Myers in the second one, his middle finger was missing. Get blah blah blah. And <laughs> <laughs> somehow Jamie Lee Curtis became the sister of him. And, yeah, in the eh, second one. we're not going to get into that bullshit. Okay, so she's so, dead. Jamie Lee Curtis comes in, sees and, all this. Yeah. She's fucking freaked out. Yeah, and Michael Myers goes at her, and there's there's the long. He's trying to kill her, but she's resilient and all her whining. <laughs> her whining, it tends seems to work out, and she escapes the house and goes back to the original house where she was babysitting Tommy Doyle. You know what? And then this is about the point in the movie where, in my mind, I'm picturing the most terrifying thing is that he never runs. After oh yeah, her. it's yes. always walking. It's like this fast walk, and it's just like. I mean, it makes it creepy. That's what's the scariest thing about it. It's like if someone's running after you, it's just, it, it, I don't know. But that, that just walk, like, I know I'm going to get you. Like, no matter what, he's going to catch you up to him. Fast as they run, he just walks and he catches them. Not 28 and days later. Like, and I, mean, I think we've all had that nightmare where someone's you're, you're coming after you. Full tilt. You're running full speed yeah. and they're walking after you. You you can't know, get, I used to have like a dream as like a kid. It was like the Terminator coming after me, and it was that walk, like from probably from watching Halloween. But yeah, that's it. That's I think that does. And, and that, that's the scene right there where she runs across the street right. to the house. She's and pounding you can just on the picture door. Picture him walking. Yeah, and he's know. walking just his normal pace right yeah. behind her, and he's gaining on her, and she's trying to get in the house. Oh, yeah. Then Tommy gets the door open in time. They lock the door, and uh, 
you know, that's kind of what makes him creepy is that even though the house is secure, you know he's somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Well, she gets inside, locks the door, mm-hmm. and then realizes she turns. The window's open. And windows the window's open. open. Of course. Yep. Right. There's some air blowing in. She's like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even now, being like a Green Beret, a cop, knowing how to shoot and everything, I would be have the fucking chills up my back if oh, I saw yeah. that. Get my rifle and be like, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> Close my bedroom door, sit with my back against the wall and wait. <laughs> yeah. And somehow he'd come through the wall. And yeah. <laughs> so uh, Michael Myers ends up attacking her. She hides in a closet. That's an infamous scene, too. She's in the closet. He hits the light. Wow. He's going in. She takes the wire coat hanger, and she jabs him in the eyeball. And during that time, he drops his big butcher knife. And we she skipped a part, though. What? In the when he appears through in the living room, she oh, stabs yeah, him yeah, with yeah. the, uh, the sewing needle. Sewing needle in the neck. Oh, Pop yeah, right yeah. in the neck. Yep. I mean, he's withstanding multiple. Well, he goes down. He's down yeah. and out, and she's like, "Oh, defeat! Now, I got him!" And you know, always finish him off. You know, double tap. You had to get a gun and learn how to use it, which leads me to my second rule: the double tap. In those moments when you're not sure the undead are really dead dead, don't get all stingy with your bullets. I mean, one more clean shot to the head. And this lady could have avoided becoming a human Happy Meal. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yeah, double rule, tap. Is that exactly. rule two? That's what I was rule two. For. Rule two. But rule I mean, if you tap. stab someone with a you know three inches of a sewing needle, do you think they're gonna die? Pull I mean, it out, any reasonable person? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good... Oh, she does. Yeah. It's the ineptness of every teenager in every horror movie. So she goes upstairs. Right. Then hides in the closet. It's hide in the closet. Po- Come pokes on. Him run the... out the front door and book it down the street. Oh, yeah. Find the one and only cop in the town with his <laughs> six <laughs> shots he's got in his gun. And... <laughs> she pokes him in the eye. She hits him in the eye and he has, he has the butcher knife. He's coming at her. She gets him in the eye. He drops the knife in the ground. Then she stabs him. And then she takes the knife. She stabs him in the tummy. Tummy Pop stick. right to the bread basket. <laughs> Tummy sticks. <laughs> <laughs> he falls down again. She thinks he's dead. Yep. She goes to the kids and says, "Hey, get book it out, out and go get the police. Go down to the, uh, you know, someone's house and go call the police." Get okay. Greta on dispatch and tell her. <laughs> <laughs> Greta. Uh, and at that time, the kids start running out, and Loomis is just doing his his foot patrol through the neighborhoods, yep. seeing if anything is unusual, suspicious. He sees the kids running. Light bulb above Dr. Sam Loomis' head. What an excellent investigator Loomis makes. I mean, he, he kind of does a good job. He's better than the police. Well, He's yeah, got the absolutely. trench coat and everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very, very, very ominous. So he comes, he sees them run out. Yeah. He goes in. He's like, oh, this is where Michael is. He's doing his thing. At that time, and again, this is one of the most iconic scenes of any horror movie. They have the scene where she's waiting at the door and you see Michael's body behind, and then he does the sit up. Yep. And then turns his head towards her, and it's like, Jesus Christ. How fucking cool is that? Like a zombie. Like a zombie, yeah. Just yeah. like a fucking... And then you th- I mean, I'm just thinking of so many examples of movies after this. This is, I mean, this... That have kind of ripped it exactly. off. Exactly. Yeah. They, this, it really started a lot. Really, yeah, it was awesome. So he goes at her again, and he's trying to kill her. He's trying to strangle her, and then Loomis makes his way up the steps, pulls out his four-inch smith... Squares up. Yep, squares up and blasts Michael Myers six times. He falls out the second story window onto the, the grass down below, and his body is laying there. And, and then it's not. 
Yes. <laughs> and then uh, Jamie Lee Curtis says, you know, what's the boogeyman or some shit? And then yeah. he says, I think it was. So Which cool. is kind of... I don't get it. I honestly don't understand that part. It's cool, I guess, but... No. Well, because they say earlier in the movie, don't you don't yeah. believe in the boogeyman. Yeah, right. Tommy is right. like, the boogeyman's outside. I've seen him. Yeah, the right. kid. And yep. she doesn't believe in the boogeyman. Which, I guess, what the hell is the boogeyman? I don't know. I guess it was. Your darkest your own, fears yeah, or like... Your own interpretation, I guess. The folktale of what every kid is scared of that's outside. Right. Yeah. You know? The shape. Yep. The boogeyman. So he goes outside to go collect Michael's body. Maybe bring it back to Smith's Grove, have it cremated. And what happens? Gone. Once again, failed on the double tap. Yeah. He shot him six times, though. But we As he know, says quite a bit. You shoot someone six times when your adrenaline's running. How many times did you hit him? Were yeah. they all good shots? And to be completely honest, we've been through some of this before. If you actually, with a thirty-eight, especially, if you hit a guy six times with a thirty-eight, he can keep moving for a while. Yeah. I mean, what? you'll end up finding his body next to a As dumpster they, somewhere. What you started a timer on him? Maybe you didn't start a timer on Michael Myers because he's fucking huge. And <laughs> but six shots, you could even dead center mass. You can survive that for a little while. Yeah. So, well, and let's let's bring back into some cop stuff here about yeah, this yeah, entire yeah. movie. Okay, so Doctor Loomis, he's the, uh, he's a doctor, but he's like the detective of the movie. Yeah, um, he's doing all the. He knows everything. He's going in. He knows where Michael's going because he's got everything. He tries to talk to the cops. The cops are like, sure, whatever. Bracket doesn't believe him. Yeah, whatever. And then you go in and shoot someone six times. We all know that you don't hit them properly. They can live through that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but also to like. Talbot's been defending Sheriff Brackett because it's true. Like, what evidence has Loomis showed him that he is in that town? Everything is so far from that point has been quiet. No one's been dying. No one's screaming. No right. one's going to the hospital. No one's, no one's calling reported the police. anything. Yeah. So that's why you're Sheriff telling Brackett. me all of a sudden there's a fucking psychopath serial killer on the loose. And yeah. Now, right around the Halloween days, if some guy comes to me and is like, "There's a Michael Myers thing," my ears will perk up. Like, what? <laughs> and. I mean, like you said, probably wouldn't take him seriously. I would get a little bit excited and be like, oh shit, where's he at? I got excited. Reminds me of uh, this time when we had uh, kids in Halloween masks. Remember that? They were they were, they were were uh, walking up the doors and banging on the doors and you, you know, know, and freaking people out in apartment complexes. Talbot, if you come back next week, we're going to get into, we're actually going to do Call of the Week still. We're doing our spookiest oh. calls of the week. And we're, mm, we want to talk about the old clown masks that we dealt with. In, uh, the clown yeah. masks. Yep. There, that's what they were in. That's right. And so, it may have stemmed from Halloween because that's what he did the first kill in on his sister. Right. Who knows? So that's going to bring to conclusion the 1978 horror movie Halloween. Now, this is going to bring us, we are approximately three hours out from seeing the 2018 Halloween version, and we are super excited, and that's what we'll be discussing next. By the way, guys, I did see on the news this morning that you're not permitted to wear a mask in the movie theater for certain security precautions. And guess I, uh, who wanted to do that? I wanted to wear my Michael Myers mask. <laughs> 100% supportive, but... Uh, you know, maybe we'll just flash your badge and do it anyway. Yeah, I didn't. I was in a. I didn't think it would work so well. Like me, <laughs> wearing, wearing a cardigan with a, a Michael Myers mask on and being super dry. I'm Chris cop, told me in. I'm cop. Yeah, freaking Teddy goes up to the front desk wearing his mask and his blue jumpsuit and says, "Hey, I'm a police officer. Can I still watch this?" <laughs> that wouldn't awesome. work out so well. No. Well, anyway, this is uh, going to bring to conclusion part one. Of this special two-hour Halloween special. Dun, yes. dun, 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 dun. Yeah. So we're gonna record the next 
uh, sesh next week. Next week. A, a week from now, after we watch the 2018 version, we're going to bring you Voodoo Donuts, and hopefully Talbot comes back. Talbot McKinney. We're going to eat some Voodoo Donuts and drink some Frankenbones coffee. And we're going to also do it in a different location closer to two of the participants here. <laughs> we'll see about That's that. That's all we have for you. Stand by for Halloween 2018.